Welcome to Big Brave Business. This is a podcast built on the belief that you can create absolutely anything for yourself. Whether it's a dream job or a dream life, it's all possible for you. I'm Amanda Nelson, a virtual assistant and digital marketer. And that's Sarah Heater, podcast producer and strategic consultant. Each week, we will share insights from working with dozens of clients, stories of how we got where we are, and encourage you to see us as your new business besties. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk being brave in business. Hey, Sarah. (laughs) Hey, Amanda. Welcome back to Big Brave Business. This week, we are back. Sarah and Amanda. What's going on, Amanda? Oh, all the things. I feel like we haven't talked. Well, I know we haven't. We haven't talked since the beginning of the year, I guess. It's, we had that episode that we recorded right between Christmas and New Year's. And I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever, What, even though we text every day. You know, you <laughs> What's guys, going on with you? It's, it's so great. We were doing so well with batching episodes, which is something that I do recommend, by the way. And I think Amanda probably does, too, with whatever you're working on is batching stuff and getting ahead so you're not on the content treadmill every week and we were doing so good like every time we would record we would record two episodes at a time so we got really far ahead before the show even launched which was wonderful and now it's like we take a few weeks off and I'm like I miss you we're doing so good though with our episodes I we so appreciate all the love and support by the way we have so loved connecting with so many of you on social media and reading your reviews by the way leave us a review it's a free way to let us know that you love us and Sarah and I will will text each text screenshots of it to each other and gush and be so happy that you do it so do it Yes, please. We love it. It makes us so happy. And also just genuinely hearing from you as an actual person. Like when we say we want to be business besties, we genuinely mean it. Like we want friends out of this. So please tell us that you're listening. Tell us what your thoughts are. Tell us how you feel about the different topics and what they mean to you and what you relate to and what you disagree with. Like if something is vehemently like, no, I have a very strong opinion. Like I want to talk about it. We want to talk about it. So we want to have those conversations with you. Please, please, please tell us what you're thinking. So this week we wanted to talk about making investments in yourself and in your business. Okay, Sarah. So let's start with you first. Tell me about how you invest in your business. So when I started my business, I really didn't have a budget at all. I wasn't making any money yet, which I think is totally relatable, right? And if you are doing this as a side hustle, then you can maybe make choices about what to budget from the rest of your life. But as you know, if you've listened to the previous episodes, I had no additional money coming in when I started my business. So I had literally a $0 budget, which I think is really normal to have a $0 budget. So in the very beginning, from the very beginning, I had this sort of rule in my head that it's cheaper to invest in systems than it is to invest in people. And even though I knew there was a lot of stuff that people could do for me that would help me, people who would do it better, people who know more, people who have experience with those different things that definitely would be better results, I also had to stay as profitable as possible for as long as possible. Mainly in the beginning, I invested in a lot of learning and a lot of DIY. 
And now I'm sort of like paying the piper for that because I'm consistently having to go in and cancel these <laughs> monthly subscriptions and annual subscriptions and things. And it's like, I don't use this anymore because now I have a team that supports me, which is totally, totally, totally different. And some of those things, obviously, we still use that you and I will team up together in particular, you and I will team up together and think, oh, this is a good investment for something that has an annual or monthly fee of involved. So I invest definitely that way in systems processes. I have like a million subscriptions, but I have significantly less now because I've been auditing them <laughs> in 2023. And then as far as like the learning and the development goes, I definitely invested in that a lot more in the beginning. I did a lot of courses, online courses. So if you love collecting online courses, I'm totally up there with you. I mm -hmm. had courses on my like dream wish list that I couldn't wait to get to a point that I had the budget to invest in. And what's hilarious is for some of them, I did get there. And for some of them, once I had the budget, I was like, I don't want any more online courses. I've got a million online courses. I'm done with online courses. So there's that. Also, I did a bunch of group coaching situations. And then when I hit a certain point that I could make the investment, I did invest in like a personal one-on-one -on -one coach for the first time. So that was like a six-month coaching relationship. And so I've invested in my business and my personal development a lot of different ways. And I would say the biggest thing, though, and most consistent is investing in systems and processes. What about you? Okay. So when I started, I think the most beautiful thing about being a VA is that it requires such little, you need a laptop, right? And you need internet. That's it, which I already had. So when I started, I $0 investment. Another major underlining of being a VA is that you have unlimited access to courses, materials. Like even when I started working with you, Sarah, you gave me so many logins and, and y'all, Sarah is not joking. She is the subscription queen. <laughs> when she told me she was going through and auditing all of her subscriptions for 2023, I was like, oh, you're, you're going to save a million dollars because she loves, <laughs> she loves tech and she loves subscriptions, but you get so much free access to so many learning materials and content and things like that, that you can really utilize in your business. Most clients don't care, of course, always have permission, but I didn't really have to invest much now. However, now that I'm about a year and some change into my business, I've just now gotten to where things like I've always had a, you know, pro Zoom account, something as small as that. Now it's like, well, you now you need to have a pro Voxer account and you need to have a pro Calendly account so that people can schedule easily. Small things like that, obviously keeping up with it and also like trying to keep up with my mileage, things like that, that you can mark off with your taxes. This is off topic, I feel like, because this is not about investing, <laughs> but it is around tax season. It's all I'm thinking about right now is how to get all of my tax stuff done. So when I started, I didn't have a ton of things that I had to invest in, but now that I am getting further into my business, it's things like, okay, I'm ready to start working on some branding. I just got my LLC paperwork in the mail yesterday. Got that my is name. a big moment. Oh, it's such a big moment. I got my LLC paperwork in late last night and my name is reserved. We're doing all the things. And so I was like, oh, I have to pay $200 a year for my business license. And when you've gone for so long, not having to pay for barely anything in expenses, I was like, okay, this is the thing. This is why people say being a business owner can be a little trying. So 
to answer your question, lots of investing now where before it really wasn't, it was more optional. Now it's to scale and to grow. You really do have to like invest or even kind of what I'm thinking about now is how can I bring on somebody onto my team to help me with smaller tasks and trying to scale so that I make sure all of my clients are staying happy and trying to double my efforts. And from a personal development angle, I don't do a lot of coaching. I have never had a coach before. However, the idea really does kind of entice me from a more personal standpoint, not even really from a business, but to have someone that I can talk through mindsets with, I think would be really, really helpful, but that's not something that I'm at the place to invest in, I think yet. But what about you? I know with like podcasting, what kind of like tech did you have to invest in? Yeah. In the beginning, I definitely had a pro zoom account, which I actually had before I started my business, but it was something that I could could become a business expense when I was using it specifically for starting a business, right? So that's one. And then I definitely had Pro Canva. <laughs> and I know I just was having this conversation with someone the other day of, do you pay for Canva? And like, oh my God, yes. Oh my God, you, yes. I would I pay can't... triple. Absolutely. Me too. I cannot believe how many features they just continue adding to Pro Canva. Like I paid for Canva Pro when the only benefit was that it gave you more access to more elements. And that was like the only difference. Now, <laughs> like the number of features that you get, honestly, just for exporting transparent PNGs alone, I would absolutely pay for Pro. Do not underestimate the power of the background remover. I'm telling you, I would pay all of my money for the background remover feature. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. So that and then for editing, I use Adobe Audition, which I actually have the full Adobe Creative Suite because before Canva Pro had all of the features that they have, I was using Photoshop Illustrator Audition Premiere, which is video editing, and InDesign, which is kind of like an expert Canva, like publisher design. I was using those five programs pretty much every single day. And I still use probably three of them every single day. So Adobe Creative Cloud was a big tech investment I made early, but I definitely pay for Pro Calendly. I think that was a good shout out. I just was trialing Trello. They have a paid version. My trial's over, so we're back on the free version. But I like a lot of the features that you can do with their paid version. So I think the biggest lesson learned for me is use what you choose to pay for. So there's Mm -hmm. really great features that exist in so many places that you could use But saying, oh, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. I could use this and paying the annual price to save a little money because normally it's less if you can do the annual versus the monthly. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to pay for a year of it. And then you forget that you paid for it. And it's not something that you're using every single day. So you kind of like forget to use it. Um, That's been a big, a big thing of mine that's caught up to me. Like I see that the annual renewals come through for something that I'm like, I haven't used that in eight months. Like that was a big mistake. (laughs) Could I be using it? Absolutely. Do I see value in the service? Absolutely. Do I think that it's appropriate, appropriately priced most of the time? Yes. But also if you're not going to use it, don't pay for it. (laughs) That's kind of where I am. I had another virtual assistant tell me how much they absolutely love ClickUp for task management. And I see the value in it because right now I use just notes on my Mac and because it syncs with my phone, if I have something that I need to 
keep up with on hand for a client. If I'm on the go, it's super convenient. ClickUp has now updated their app system and it looks really tempting, but I'm also like, realistically, Amanda, you are the person that buys a $60 planner, fills it out and never thinks about it again. So I'm trying to decide if I will actually use it because it looks like it would be something that I would potentially add value to. Do you have any platforms that besides Canva, because we know Canva saves, saves the world. Do you have any platforms that maybe people don't know about or is something that is like your dirty secret of how has like completely changed your business? This is not on the outline. So if you need to think about it, you can. My gut says no. I don't think I have anything that would be like totally a surprise that has changed my business. One thing that I'm loving that I don't think a lot of people know about is testimonial.to. And that's a really cool way to collect testimonials because people can leave you either a like text written testimonial or they can leave a video and they record the video right in the link for testimonial. So it's not like they have to record it and upload it, although I think you can, but it gives you the option to record right there natively and it's like a max of two minutes. So it's not a huge ask and having that content of collecting those testimonials in one place and then being able to share them or download those videos is super, super cool. And that does have a fee associated if you want the video option. So I think that is a pretty cool one. And then other than that, I think the main technology that I'm using is can that I pay for is Canva Pro. And I pay for like extra space on Dropbox and Google Drive. I use that all the time. Trello if I choose to keep the upgraded version and Calendly. The pro Calendly is amazing because people can pay for scheduling time with you. And I mean, I just use I use Calendly to schedule all of my stuff. And I'm sure there are other schedules yeah. schedulers out there that are great, but I love it. It is it I use it I again every day. Every day. Yeah. And Zoom. Yeah. Anytime somebody sends me a Google Meet invite part of me dies because I hate Google me. I'm like, can't we just do zoom? You can use my zoom link. I'll let you use my room. Do not make me get on Google meets. It never works. It's always slow. It glitches. It kicks me out. What? Do you okay, love it? I was, no, no, I don't have an opinion <laughs> oh. on it. I haven't used it enough, but I think it's really funny because when I, so if you don't know, I just recently upgraded all of my podcast clients from hosting their podcasts through a host service called Libsyn to Megaphone, which is owned by Spotify. And if you don't know anything about podcasting, that might sound kind of confusing, but it's just basically like where your podcast lives on the internet. So it doesn't like really matter if you're on the front end, but like for me on the back end, it matters a lot. So we are in the process of upgrading to Megaphone right now. And when I was trying to decide if we were moving what platform we were going to, I had all of these sales calls with all these different platforms and they were all on different meeting platforms. Like they were not all on Zoom, which was so funny to me because when I meet with prospective clients, when I go on podcast interviews, like almost everybody's using Zoom for everything. And so weird to meet. I met on Teams. I met on Google Meet. Amazon has one that's like an internal meeting system that is totally different. I had never even, I don't even remember what it was called. Like I was on all these different meeting platforms and I was like, this is throwing me off. I just expected Zoom links. Like I don't even, 
do I need to sign in five minutes early so I make sure I'm in the right place? No tech issues to your point. Like it was so weird. It's so weird. If you're using something other than Zoom for your regular meetings, like I understand if you're using Zoom or something other than Zoom for recording content, but if you are using something other than Zoom for your regular meetings, you have to tell us what it is. I'm so curious. Do you use Teams? Do you use Google Meets? Who's using these services? Or Slack. People, People have Slacked messaged me before. I'm like, what are we doing? Why are we here? And I'm, I just send them my link, my Zoom link. I'll meet you in there because I'm not using this. I use Zoom, Zoom. Slack um, has a but anyways. thing. Yeah, it's like where you can go into the chat and you can share video. Like it's like a personal meeting room inside of your chat. Okay, and I'm I've like, never done this that. Is not happening. I've only used it as like an instant messenger or file sharer. Yeah, and it's um, it's. it's it's very intense. And when someone sends it to you, I'm like, do you know that I'm probably laying on my couch with my laptop, like on top of my stomach, balancing a bowl, a bowl of Cheetos? Like you cannot see me right now. You better give me a heads up and we'll meet on Zoom. Anyway. Also, do not ever just surprise me with a video call. Like never, never. Um, That's like no. showing up at my door unannounced. Do not do that. Do not assume that I am ready for a meeting ever because there's a good Unless chance it's that voice this only. is scheduled. Yeah, no. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same. I'm glad we're on the same page. Okay, what about, so courses and training, you made a point earlier about how it's so fun because in what you do, you work with all these people who you get to learn from. And that is something I really relate to. And actually, it made me think about why I don't really invest in courses and training at the rate that I used to, because the people who pay me, (laughs) my clients, they are so smart and knowledgeable, and I literally get paid to learn from them. So I get access to their brains and to what they know. And for you, you're actually working on their actual program. So you literally are inside their programs, helping them build them or put them together or sell them or whatever, market them. So you absolutely have access to all of their training material. For me, it's more like I have access to what they put in their podcast. But it's not just I have access to it, but they literally, they pay me to learn from them. Yeah. And that has been so valuable. Like even with people who are in totally what feels like unrelated industries, like I work with somebody who is teaching and mentoring um, photographers about running photography businesses. And I also work with somebody who teaches and mentors in the pet industry if you run a pet related business those are to- like i don't do either of those things i'm not a photographer and i do not have a pet business but the business teachings that i get to learn from them i can apply to what i do and it's so interesting so i think that was like a really interesting point because i don't invest in courses or training nearly like i used to sometimes i'll pay for like a premium master class like i took one about 60 days ago maybe or 90 days ago about trademarking and I thought that was really interesting because trademarking if you don't know is totally something you can do by yourself you do not need to have a trademark attorney to file that for you what you would need a trademark attorney for is if somebody objects to like if your application for a trademark does not go through you might need a trademark attorney's help or if somebody comes after you for a trademark violation or if you want to go after somebody for a trademark violation, then you would totally need one. A trademark attorney can absolutely file a trademark for you if you just want to have somebody do it for you instead of like learning how to do it yourself. But it is literally just an application. Like you can absolutely do it yourself. So I took a a course about that or a masterclass, a paid masterclass about that. 
And that was definitely a good one. I also, one of my clients who I love, well, I mean, I love all of them, but one of the podcasts that I've learned a lot from is called Launch Your Box. And it's about running a subscription box and with Sarah Williams. And I pay, she pays me to do her podcast and I pay to be part of Launch Your Box. So it's like kind of funny. <laughs> But I love, I don't have a subscription box, by the way, but I love being part of that group. So if a subscription box is something you've ever considered, highly recommend that one. That's like, it does have an online course component, but it's also a membership component. So you get access to all of the members and you get everybody's advice and input and community and everything like that. And it's so, so fun. And she does a ton of great trainings inside of that membership. So that's one I love and continue to invest in. But yeah, and I have some, I guess, things that are sort of on my wish list, but nothing that stands out that I'm currently investing in. I hope I'm not forgetting anything important. But what about you? What about, is there any, are there any courses or trainings that you have invested in or want to? Yeah. So I'll first give you a couple of shout outs of clients that I work with who have really inspired me with their course or with what they coach or just like their teaching in general. And I will probably forget somebody, but just off the top of my head, I love, and I've mentioned her before. Her name is Debbie Sasson. She is an incredible money coach. I cannot say enough wonderful things about her. If you are, and like I've mentioned on the show before, I grew up with a very let's say less than affluent, you know, <laughs> upbringing. And so the way I view money is very much so can be a scarcity mindset where I, no matter what I make, it always feels like it's not enough. And so her coaching is all about learning your money story. It's just so fascinating and has made a personal impact on me because I listen to her podcast every week and I help make graphics and content from her podcast. Hmm. And so I get to really dive deep and then I get to meet her one-on-one -on -one as well and work on her content and her sales pages and get to know her personally. And so I know that there's proof in the pudding and what she coaches is so valuable. And then I also have another client that I started working with fairly recently and her name is Nikki Pools and she is at Slow Living, Slow Living Simplified and she does passive income by digital products courses and has a community and she's wonderful. Her community is really wonderful. I've already learned so much just from hanging out on her forums and helping her there. Um, and she's also a client that I'm like, you're the real deal. You know, what you're selling is really great and it's helping people. And I've learned a lot, a lot from her in terms of other classes that I'd love to take. Cause I am on this journey of starting my own LLC and getting all that set up. There is a company called virtual savvy. They have a virtual assistant, like kickoff course that I thought for the longest time I was going to take, but with as so much time keeps going and you learn so much in your business, as yeah. you know, day by day by day, it almost seems silly at this point to like buy the program. I just don't know at this point, like what I could learn from it you know, at this time, but I know there's tons of people who love virtual savvy's programs. They do all coaching on how to be a VA, how to have your own business, all those things. Yeah. So those are three off the top of my head that I have really heard great things about, or that I've had personal, personal experience with. Let me ask you this. I know you work out of your home. I am potentially playing with the idea of getting some co-working office space have you ever considered working outside of your home? <laughs> yeah, totally. I have looked at co-working spaces. I, I do belong to one 
that I use for a business address, which by the way, is um, another helpful tip if you're trying to figure out what to do about a business address. A lot of co-working spaces offer a service, even if you don't work from there, that you can pay like a monthly fee to be able to use that as your legal business address because it's zoned to be a business, right? Whereas if you use your residential address, it could potentially violate like a lease or an HOA or whatever agreement. It's, it can get just difficult and sticky. And so I pay for a co-working space for that purpose. And I've thought about going. My biggest hang up with co-working spaces is kind of twofold. One is that I work really weird hours. So I, mm. I don't like working early in the day. I like working late in the day. I do not like waking up to an alarm. I like sleeping in. I want to make like a big brunch and then I want to get to work. That's like my favorite way to spend the morning. <laughs> and so if I have a membership to a co-working space that's office hours, then I'm choosing to not be available for half or more of my available working hours. And a lot of them don't allow you to work after hours, or if you do, you have to pay an extra fee. And if I do have the opportunity to work from there, and I work until 9 or 10 p.m., which sometimes I do, am I going to feel safe leaving that space by myself and walking back to my car? Like, that's another thing that's really been a consideration for me, which, again, totally depends on where you live and also where the co-working space is located, right? Or even just being at the co-working space at 9 or 10 at night, like, who has access to it and what is my security and my safety there? So that's like also been on my mind. So I'm not opposed to it, but right now I have a dedicated home office that the doors close. I actually have a bathroom that's ensuite, So it's like part of my home office. So I literally have like a dedicated workspace, which is totally different from you. And so that makes a really big difference for me. And also my working hours are really weird, which makes a big difference for me. I've also thought about having my own office that's not a co-working space, but like to pay for an office, like to have an office, to put my logo on it, to have signage, to have a lease on my own space. I've also like, that's a dream of mine. It is a dream so, of yours. You told me that when we first met, like you were, your dream was to one day have offices for your, for like recording and having people have the option to rent space. Um, there is a co-working space right around the corner from my house, which is really neat. I could technically walk there if I wanted to. Mm. I would, I would say you live in a very walkable area, right? Yeah. I live in the historic area. Now there's some areas I wouldn't walk around, but we're very close to a bunch of restaurants. We're close to downtown in like the historic mobile area in a community called Oakley. It's large, but it also has a neighborhood feel. But there is a co-working space that actually has apartments upstairs. And then the base of it has like a gym and then it has multiple co-working, you know, locked offices, but also outdoor, like whatever. My thought is I am home alone most of the day. I have my dogs, but it would be great to like get up, get ready. I do love that idea, which is interesting because I hated it when I was in corporate, but to be able to get up and have a space for all of my things so that I'm not, you know, taking over my home living room table. Like dining room table is completely covered in MacBook and, you know, I actually have a lamp sitting on it currently. <laughs> um, so it'd be great to have like an actual dedicated workspace. Um, I love that idea. It's just, is it worth the investment? And that's, 
That's the question. So it's also one of those things that would I make more money if I had a better space? Potentially, maybe when I invested in my new computer system, I was like, I'll make more money. It'll be expensive. But once I start making more money, making more hours, having the ability to take on more clients, it'll be a no brainer. And that's been the case. So who's to say that investing in a workspace, imagine how cute I could decorate it too. I just feel like that would inspire more hours and more work. That's just me. Again, I have a dedicated workspace in my house (laughs) and it, one of my favorite things is decorating the background, thinking about how it's going to look on Zoom calls. That is like a big part of how my home office is set up. And even when we like we're looking at houses when we moved into this house, I thought about, okay, which which room is going to be my office and do I have a good wall for creating my Zoom backdrop? Like this is a big deal because I spend my whole time on meetings. So I love it. It brings me joy. It makes me happy. And yes, I definitely think it contributes to me wanting to be in this space and work and being motivated to work and feeling inspired and creative and and ready. So I I definitely, and I think that's the big thing about investing in your business in any way, right? Is knowing that you have to make investments in order to make money back. There's, There's some things you can definitely do cheaper or you can do for free, but at the end of the day, you have to invest to make a return. And that can feel scary as you start playing bigger, you start investing bigger. That means bigger returns, but it's scary. Have you ever made an investment that you regret? No. And I, I mean, I know I will. I know I will eventually, but right now the stakes are fairly low. I think if I did this co-working space option, I would go big. I would do the whole locked door office, all that, which could potentially be a very big mistake. (laughs) But you know, it, I mean, it, could it, potentially... it doesn't lock you into like longer terms. No, I think, I mean, I haven't even gone to look at the space. I have friends that have, you know, that work out of there and I've seen pictures that they posted, but I've never, I've never stepped foot in there personally, but so I don't even know what the, what the guidelines would be, but it would be something like, do I want to invest almost, you know, what some people pay for an apartment mm-hmm. on an office space mm-hmm. <laughs> and then move all of my things in there. And then I hate it. And I wish I was back home you know, now it's the time and the investment and, and, you know, it's, it's also something to be said for investing time and not just money into figuring out if something's Mm -hmm. right for your business or not. Mm -hmm. That goes back to, do I want to implement a new CRM system, set it all up and then realize in two weeks, I hate this CRM system. And here I've wasted two days of putting all of my clients in all of my projects, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So it's Mm -hmm. like, you have to really think, is it worth the investment? investment of my money financially, but also my time. Cause in this business specifically in my, in my area, you know, time is money. You know, yeah. if I'm not working on something, I'm not making money. Yeah. Okay. So I guess maybe this is your answer is co-working, but what are you planning for your next major business investment? Getting everything set up for my business, including the bank account. Um, I now have an accountant which is interesting and feels very Mm -hmm. grown up. The days of TurboTax have long come and gone. Mm -hmm. We now have an actual person that makes sure that I'm not going to prison. So paying an accountant, setting up a business account, paying for the business license, all those things are are all things that are going to cost money. I've also recently started, you know, taking on clients outside of working out of the agency, which I have done for a while, but really started kicking it up in the last month, started working with two really great new clients that I'm excited about, but 
I have to pay processing fees for every time that I invoice somebody, everything is, you know, it really does add up. Mm -hmm. So I think the next biggest investment, all those things are fairly small, but I think my next big investment will be trying to bring on an additional team member for support, which is terrifying, (laughs) which, you know, we need to have a whole, it's I want to know everything. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. But that's also my answer is another team member. That is also my answer. And I have a sort of vague, I don't want to call it a job description because that sounds very official, but I do have a role outlined and I have talked to a couple of people and I have some ideas about what that is going to look like and but it's a big investment and it feels like pulling a really big trigger like but I can see how bringing on I brought on two team members last year and yeah this is a whole episode on its own but I brought on two team members last year one of them being you and I can see how much my business evolved and grew as a result of that and I know because of that experience what like why the role that I have outlined looks the way it does and how, why I know that that is like next level for my business. Yeah. And that's really exciting. But yeah, it's scary. It's like, oh my gosh, this is literally the cost of, to your point, what some people pay for an apartment or a mortgage or like these days, a car payment. <laughs> this is um, this is a, a serious investment. And that's also like something you have to weigh out too, right? Like, would I rather get a new car? <laughs> You know, like I could literally, I could drive a swanky car, <laughs> car of my dreams, or I could bring on this new team member. What is more important to me right now? So it's just interesting. Yeah. I will say that, and this is a whole other episode about bringing somebody on. We just need to have a whole discussion on fear about bringing on somebody. Cause like I said, an investment is not just financial. Could I afford to bring somebody on and pay them now? Yeah. How much time is it going to take me to train somebody? And what happens if they don't want to work anymore after six months, which is fair. I've done it as an employee. You know, I found out a job's not for me. It doesn't fit my personality or whatever. And then you move on and then you start all over again. And so, um, there's just a lot of fear in my mind that goes around bringing somebody on. And that is going to be a major investment, both time and and money. And I also want it to be a really great experience for whoever I hire, which by the way, if you're interested in this work, you can DM me. This is scary, but you can DM me and we can talk about it. But I do want to give somebody else the opportunities that I have been given and make it worth their while financially. Like I want to pay somebody, like you said to me, I want to pay you a living wage. I want to pay you a wage that's like worth what you're worth. And I never want, like, I've asked people for quotes to do work before. And I'm like, you might not be in my budget. I'll tell you, but I'm never, ever, ever going to want you to lower your rates to work with me because that's not fair to you. You've spent years getting your skill set or whatever. But yeah, thinking about bringing somebody on is, is really probably the next investment. I would say maybe within the next six months, question mark, exclamation point. Oh, I think that makes sense. I totally think that makes sense. Yeah. I'm excited to dig into that with you. So stay tuned for that. And we have so much more fun and interesting, big, brave conversations to have on this podcast. If you like us, (laughs) I hope you like us. If you got this far, you probably like us unless you hate listening. (laughs) If you like us, please leave us a review. As Amanda said at the beginning, it means so much to us. 
as somebody who also probably has experience with entrepreneurship or whatever, you know how that feels to get good feedback from someone. That's something that you're putting out into the world, especially sharing content like this. It's vulnerable. It's exposed. You know, <laughs> it feels it feels intense. So if this is enjoyable at all to you, or if you learned anything, or if it's interesting, or if you just like us and want to support us reviews and personal messages mean the world if you want to hang out with us the best place to do that right now is on instagram and it's just at big brave business and we'll catch you next week see you soon